All right, uh, I believe we are ready to go. So uh, welcome everybody. Really, really excited to be here, uh, part of the Andy and Ermos uh, talk show live, I guess. But before we begin, uh, a word from our sponsor, uh, Eric Arnold, the CEO <laughs> of Planswell. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Um, really excited to uh, to kick this off. We weren't exactly sure how to do the lead in there, so we're just uh, having a little bit of a dance party here as people join the room. Um, but this is a new uh, thing that we're going to be running on Mondays, um, the Andy and Ermos show, uh, which is just going to be amazing. We, we have some awesome content. Uh, we, we send it out as the welcome package, often some of the Andy stuff that he's done with overcoming objections. And Ermos has been on a ton of amazing um, pieces. And as we said, let, let's get these two guys uh, to do this as a, as a regular event um, because there's just so much knowledge and, and, uh, and wisdom. And when you get them riffing off each other, it's uh, amazing. So I know they've been working super hard on um, a content schedule uh, to give it a little bit of a framework. So I think they're going to dive into uh, some pretty cool topics and then open it up to Q and a. So I'm really excited to, uh, to get to introduce them, but uh, yeah, without further ado, I will uh, hand it over. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Thanks, Eric. Awesome. So yeah, most, yeah. I am fantastic trying to dig out of about three feet and even four feet of snow here in Ontario. I'd say uh, that's uh, that's pretty close. I, I told my wife, I was like, We're, I hope you don't have to go anywhere today, honey, because this is not happening. Like it's this is the most snow I've seen in one fall in, in ages. So I don't know where everybody's joining us from, but uh, up here yeah, in the Great West, North uh, Toronto, it's it's crazy. And uh, just as a, as a reminder, this is not just Andy and I talking to you guys. We really want some interaction here. So feel free to um, post some stuff in the chat. We'll be able to see whether it's a question or a comment. We are also looking for feedback from advisors because this show is for you. So this is not just Andy and I riffing, even though we enjoy doing it. We want to provide tons of value, tons of support. And, you know, one of the questions that, you know, we were being asked is, okay, you're going to put this on, but, you know, what's it for? Who's it for? Well, quite simply, it's, it's for you, the advisors, but not just any advisor. These are advisors that they want more and it's more of everything. So it's more money, more clients, more time, growth, energy, motivation, freedom, knowledge, passion, fulfillment, happiness, inspiration, and probably most importantly, more clarity as you move forward going into this year and you want to progress and grow your, your practices. Andy? Yeah, and Ambrose, I, I, I want to be really clear. This isn't uh, this this isn't a shameless plug for for plans well or whatever. Okay, so this is this is really about us having a conversation with you, not at you, right? So participation is is encouraged. Um, this is about you know raising the water in the ship for for everybody, regardless of whether you're partnered with plans well or not. It, it doesn't matter. This is about a community where peers can talk and exchange ideas and, and learn things. And I think, I don't want to speak for Aramos, but I love talking to advisors in whatever capacity because I learn stuff too. And I'm a lifelong learner, you know, I'm never going to reach that point where I know everything. And, uh, you know, I think the second everybody, as somebody thinks they know everything, they're dead, right? Right. Um, so learners, uh, are, learners are earners, Andy. Learners are earners. That, that's right. Now, so this is a talk show uh, now. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm hoping if Jennifer Lawrence is the guest today, is, is Jennifer Lawrence on, on the show? I think she's on her way. Okay. Oh, she probably got, I know she got stuck in the snow. So sorry, folks, Jennifer Lawrence will not be on our talk show today. 
Well, there's a couple of things I want to bring up, though, Andy. Today is an important day. It's uh, ML or happy MLK Day to our cousins in the South. But it's also another day being January 17th. It's known as the Ditch New Year's Resolution Day. So this is the day, believe it or not, where the average person who made a New Year's resolution pretty much ditches it, gone. So whether it was weight loss or, or going to the gym or whatever it is, it's done. Like 17 days in, most people are pretty much done with their New Year's resolution. Why do you think that is? Uh, because I think it, you know, it loses momentum and people haven't, you know, they've, they've made this goal of, I want to lose this much weight or I want to do this type of thing, but didn't actually do anything to, to implement it. I mean, that's my excuse, uh, you know, and if gyms were open, probably based on what you're saying is <laughs> tomorrow would be the day that the gyms are now empty again. Right. That's right. And the gyms love that because most people are still paying their monthly fees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but uh, yes carl that you're right it, it's because they don't have a plan and uh you know i think that is the overarching theme of uh, what we're talking about today and uh Hermos, go for it give us kind of the intro yeah. into what's what's today's topic well you know what given the fact that most people's goals have pretty much gone to the wayside um, at the end of the day, it's, it's not necessarily your fault. I mean, of course, we need to take responsibility for everything in our lives. But a lot of times they're not our fault because we're just we're not setting ourselves up for success. A lot of times we're setting ourselves up for failure. And, you know, one of my favorite lines is, you know, show me your habits and I will show you your future. Very simple concept. You know, if you start working out every single day and you actually make it a habit, I know your future is going to be you're going to be a fit person. It's, it's that cut and dry. There's no, there's no possible way that you can work out every single day for the next 30, 60, 90 days and not become fitter than you are right now, right? And it's the same thing with our, with our practices. You know, if you prospect every single day, you will get more clients over time. Again, there's, if you plant corn, guys, don't be shocked that if you reap corn, it, when, you're, when you're harvesting corn, it's just, it's that simple. And often we overcomplicate things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, this is the thing. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's kind of funny if I had a dollar for every thing that I didn't follow through on, you know, I, I'd be in great shape financially uh, beyond where I am now. And it's, you know, it's, 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 I think it's that vagueness, right. That ambiguity of a goal, even though it, it seems like something clear and attainable, when you don't have that mechanism to get there, you're really going to be off track right from the get-go. I mean, I've had on my list, you know, I want to read more, right? Or I want to read 10 books um, in the next two months. But if I'm not kind of making an incremental step to get there, that's just something I wrote down on a piece of paper. And I know visualization is important, but how am I going to get that? And I think you and I had this conversation once, you know, about you having that kind of goal of saying, okay, well, let's see, 10 books in three months is X number of pages a day, every this many days, whatever. Okay, so my habit is I can read 20 pages in 30 minutes. I'm going to read for 30 minutes every single day and not be thinking about the 10 books because that seems like a mountain, right? But if I just do this and I know on an average, I read 20 pages in half an hour, whatever that number is, 
then I've, I've broken it down that absolutely that's going to happen. And the best part is reading every day is going to be a habit. And so I'll read another 10 books and another 10 books. And at the end of the year, I've read 50 books. And what's the value I got out of that, right? Well, exactly. And I see some chats coming in or some questions yeah. and comments. Thank you, Carl, by the way, a couple of great points. Um, the reason they fell off the resolution is because they didn't have a plan, which I'm going to get into in a second. And you can't have the what without the why and the how. So these are all really good points. But let me kind of break it down a little bit as well. It's very important to have a goal. And it's interesting that Carl mentioned a plan. So the plan is could be also be your habits. So very, very simple example. Um, most people will set goals for the year. And it's almost always a somewhat long-term goal. And when I mean long-term, I'm talking most people set annual goals, you know, how much money I want to make by the end of the year or how many clients I want to get. The problem with that is that goal on its own can often be preventing you from reaching success because there's no power in that. You know, it's too far away to, to actively track that on a regular basis. And it's disempowering in the sense that, oh, okay, you know what? I'm going to get X amount of clients this year, but I have 365 days. So what happens if I take a day off? Who cares? I still have 364 days. Then it becomes 310 days. Then it becomes 220 days. Then it becomes 110 days. You know, most people will create that goal for the year. They'll write it down, smaller number, and then they'll take that goal and they'll stick it in the drawer and they'll never see it again, right? Um, or even worse yet, they pull it out 10 months later. So they're well into October, the year's almost over. And then they find it, they take a look at it and they realize they're nowhere near achieving those goals. And not only are they not going to achieve the goal, but now they feel deflated because they, they internally they're going to feel like a failure because um, there's no possible way that they're going to get a 12 month goal, uh, you know, shoehorn into two months type of thing. Right. So the easier way or the best way to set yourself up for success is to create more daily goals or habits as I like, as I like to call them. Um, so for instance, you know, if you set a goal for X amount of clients, and you break it down that you know you need X amount of phone calls or prospecting methods or whatever you use to obtain those clients, then you work backwards and you bring it down into like a daily activity, right? And it's very important that when you're doing this, for instance, the prospecting method, you, you block off that time in your calendar because too often we will do things um, or we'll put things off that we don't want to do. So for instance, we start prospecting, we start making some calls. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Ah, maybe I should check Facebook. Oh, there's an email coming in. Oh, notification. You know, anything to distract you from actually doing the tough stuff, you're going to end up doing it. But if you actually put it in your calendar, whether it's 30 minutes or 90 minutes or whatever it is, and you block everything off, and that's the only thing that you're going to do for that time, then there's no excuse. You shouldn't be checking emails. You shouldn't be checking social media. All you should be doing is focusing on that task and focusing on, in this case, prospecting. Andy? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things and maybe you can help me on this or some or somebody in the that's on the on the webinar is, you know, this, this catchphrase of multitasking was so big in like the 90s, right? And, and maybe even early 2000s of, you know, that's the buzzword multitasking, whatever. And like, I can't disagree more with multitasking is like shooting yourself in the foot over and over again right 
Uh, you know, I, and I think I said this on a webinar. I mean, you know, Steam Whistle Brewery up here, I thought had the best line. You know, they only make one beer, although I think they make two or three now. But at the time, they kind of said, do one thing really well, right? And I, I really follow that philosophy that you can do 10 things kind of, or, you know, not great, or one thing really well from start to finish, get it done, don't get distracted, don't have your train of thought or your energy being diverted. And you're going to be a lot more productive that way. I still struggle with that. I don't know that I'll ever not struggle with that because there is that sense of instant gratification in our lives now with phones ringing on and alerts and, and all these kinds of things. But um, I think it's, it's having that focus to get, all right, this, 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 this done. And it's why a lot of the, you know, the efficiency experts, and, and I think you talk about this too, and with your coaching, you got to have that to-do list, right? One, to keep you focused. But I think the real great thing about it is it gives you that sense of satisfaction as you're knocking those things off. And you're probably going to be able to knock those things off faster by doing one, knocking it off, doing two, so on and so forth, giving you that sense of satisfaction. And then you almost crave it. You want to you want to keep knocking things off that list. And, and I think that's really what we're, 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 you're talking about here is, OK, this is the time at which I'm going to do this, whether it's working out or reading or whatever. This is the time that I'm going to be making prospecting calls. This is when I'm going to follow up with people to, you know, book their, their one year, you know, follow up call or whatever it is, but just not having that overlap happen there and, and just having a hot mess of a day. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I did. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because I have started to create these to-do lists. Um, Interestingly enough, my, my goals haven't changed. Like I still have the same goals, but because I write them down every single day, it's exactly what you said uh, there, Andy. You just get that satisfaction. You feel that sense of accomplishment and empowerment when you complete that task and then you, and then you get to, to, to kind of put a line through it. So what I do to make it even more obvious is I got myself a, a whiteboard and I have that whiteboard in my kitchen. And of course, every time I have to grab a coffee or make a meal or, or even walk towards another room, that whiteboard is always in my face. So I always see the three or four or sometimes five things that I have to get done that day. And then I can see right away, okay, I've done two, I have three more to go. I, I can't let the day finish without completing my task. And it's amazing. I, I've started doing that for the past month or so. And not a single day has gone by where I didn't accomplish every single one of those things on that to-do list. Because what happens is you do something, it's like a victory, you feel good about it. And then the, then the, then the next victory becomes a little bit easier. And then it's almost like you, you become addicted to that success or sense of accomplishment. So you want to get to the next victory and the next victory, next victory. So one victory will lead to the next, which will lead to the, vic to the next victory after that. And then it's a snowball effect. And then you look back at the end of the day and everything is crossed off. And man, what a great feeling that is. It, absolutely. And I, I you know, I, I, Carl, I love all your input. Keep it coming. You know, he's like, you know, that's, that's the Nike slogan. Just do it. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't make up the excuses of, oh, is this the best time? Or, you know, am I feeling a hundred percent or is my vo voice sounding good today? Uh, maybe I'll think about it later. Just, just do it. Right. I mean, Honestly, I have days where I don't want to pick up the phone, right? But 
I know that once I do that first call, then I'm kind of in the groove. I have momentum now and inertia. And the next thing I know, I've made all my phone calls. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? That wasn't so bad. And, you know, it's that same thing with working out, right? Like getting up and working out, honestly, get, you know, getting out of your nice warm bed and whatever, that sucks. But once you put your, you know, your shoes on and your shorts on and go down and push play or go to the gym, whatever your thing is, you're so happy you did it. You feel amazing after it and you never regret it. And you're just like, yep, thank God I just didn't think about it. And I don't know if you've heard of, uh, uh, what's her name? Somebody on the panel pro or in the, in the group probably knows. It's uh, something Robbins. I can't remember what, what her thing is. I'll think I'll, it'll come to mind. But she had this, her book is like five, four, three, two, one, blast off or whatever. And she basically says, whatever it is, that you want to do, whether it's getting up in bed, just count down five, four, three, two, one, and then get up and I've do heard it. That. Yeah. Mar Mary Robbins, maybe something like that. Um, and I love that because I was like, I've done that where I didn't want to get up and work out or, you know, go do, uh, do my even something as pleasant as um, meditation in the morning, which I do. Mel Robbins, thank you, Julian. Um, it works. Because it just, it counts you down and you blast off and you're like, you do it. And you kind of feel guilty if you do the countdown. You're like, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to do another countdown. This time I'll start from 10, right? It, <laughs> it doesn't work. But it, you know what? If it was easy, everybody would be disciplined and everybody would reach their goals every single day. And that's what makes a difference between people who are successful and those aren't. They do that thing that's hard. They have that discipline um, to do that. Well, Andy, I, I can tell you, I tell you a funny story because um, I was reading, doing some research and apparently, you know, habits to make them or to keep them, you have to either uh, make good habits frictionless or provide less friction to get towards them and bad habits, you want to create more friction. And it's interesting and it works and I, and I work and I tried it on myself and it's an interesting one. I have two daughters that are at that age where they still like to eat a lot of candy so by default, I'm surrounded by candy all the time, specifically chocolates. And that's one of my, my weak, my, one of my weak spots. And, but the thing is, it's funny because, you know, we just got through the holidays. So there's all kinds of like really nice chocolate, like the high-end Godiva chocolates, which I really, really enjoy. Not a big fan yeah. of the more mundane type chocolates. And they were always at like eye level. So it's right outside the pantry and the chocolates are always there. So of course, every time I walk by, you get that craving and you end up eating uh, a, a stick of chocolate. Doesn't seem like a big deal, but you know, it got to the point where pretty much every, every second or third time I walk by, I grab a little bit of chocolate. I grab a little bit of chocolate and then you think back to the entire day and you realize, oh my God, I ate a ton of chocolate today, right? And then you start feeling it a little bit. So what I did was I took all that nice chocolate that I was eating and I put it in a container and I put it up on the top shelf. Now, if I really, 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 really want that chocolate, I can grab a chair, stand on it, and I can get access to it. But now it's not so simple that I can just walk by and just grab some of that chocolate. So what started happening was, um, and it's funny because at first I didn't even realize I was doing it. Then I started eating some of the crappy chocolate. <laughs> and, like, and, and, and I remember I was, I, was, I was sitting down watching a little bit of uh, YouTube and I started eating this chocolate and then I realized, why am I even eating this chocolate? I don't even like this chocolate. But what happened was the chocolate that I wanted was a little bit out of sight, out of mind. 
So I didn't go for that chocolate. So instead I went for the, the, the crappier chocolate. So in the end, are you really craving that chocolate or you just really want something to put in your mouth, that sweet type of thing, right? And if you probably yeah. walk by that chocolate, you, you probably won't crave it five minutes later, but we make it so easy, right? So what I did was I started washing fruit and again, this, this helps with kids as well, guys. Um, I noticed that my kids weren't eating fruit, uh, even though it's right there in the fridge and it's eye level and everything. And the reason why they weren't eating the fruit, and by the way, I, I'm blaming my kids, but I'm just as guilty of this as well. Um, so what I did, I would start washing the fruit and having them already prepared. Uh, and then I put them back in the fridge. And amazingly, the whole family now is eating more fruit because even that 30 seconds it takes to wash that apple, people won't do it. But if the, if the apple is already washed, you can just walk by it, grab the apple, and then you'll probably end up eating the apple over that chocolate. So all the good habits, you want to make it as easy as possible to continue those. And all the bad habits, you want to create friction to make it a little bit harder. Because a lot of times, it's that, that little tiny thing which make the biggest difference on whether or not you choose that candy bar over an apple. Well, I got one for you, Hermos. If you want to, if you want to have that friction to the bad habit, yeah. Do ten, do ten push-ups before you put your hand in the in the chocolate jar. Because I'll <laughs> bet you you won't. You won't, Even though I know you like working out, I, I know for me there's no chance. You know, no chance I'm doing that. Just just to have one little instant gratification of a chocolate or or whatever. But uh, but yeah, absolutely. It's you know it is it is having that focus and creating those good uh, those good habits. You know, one of the, the stories, I, I kind of lifted this from an article that I that I read on the weekend and, you know, really, really showing that relationship of the of the goals and habits. And he said, you know, uh, you know, he's talking about a ba basketball coach and he said, uh, you know, if you if you were a basketball coach and you ignored your goal to win the championship and only focused on what your team does at practice every day. Would you still get results? I think you probably would. So the goal in any sport, and obviously this is translatable to anything, is to finish with the best score, right? It shouldn't be about winning. Did we score as many points as we possibly could? But it would be ridiculous to spend the whole game just staring at the scoreboard. So the only way to actually win is to get better each day. And in other words, uh, in, in the words of three-time Super Bowl uh, winner Bill Walsh, the score takes care of itself. And the same is true for areas in your life. If you want better results, then forget about setting the goals as being the only thing. Focus on your system instead. The plays, the playbook, the conditioning, all of that stuff. And I think you and I are both alluding to the system being the habit. So you know, are the goals completely useless? Of course not, but goals are good for setting that direction. Um, but the systems are best for making a process and, or sorry, progress. And, you know, lots of problems arise when you spend too much time thinking about your goals and not enough time designing your system. Yeah, a lot of times too, Andy, it's just that little tiny incremental change that makes the biggest difference over time. I mean, think about it. Let's say you wanted to, whatever you want, whatever your goal is, whether it's more clients, whether it's to lose weight, become fit, whatever it is. What can you do to improve your situation by just 
forget 10%, forget 50%, forget doubling it. Just what can you do today to improve your situation by just that 1%? Because if all you did was just make a 1% improvement every day, in one month, you are now 30% better in whatever category you are trying to do or trying to accomplish or trying to progress. Now imagine doing that over the course of a year, you know, pick a topic and 1% every year for an entire year, you are now 365% better than you were when you first started. That's, that's huge. It's absolutely enormous. It'll make massive changes, but you don't notice it. And I know you have a great story about Beachbody and I'll kind of set this up for you here, Andy. Yeah. You know for a fact that the reason why people don't lose weight is because they're focusing on the wrong thing. So they want to lose some weight. So what they do, they, they step on the scale and they say, okay, I need to lose X amount of pounds. And then they go and they work out, step on the scale. There's no, the, the needle didn't move. So this is not working. And they quit, yeah. right? Or maybe they go a week without getting much results. And they're like, well, now I'm still heavy or heavier than I want to be. And I'm sore. No, thank you. I'll just go back to what I was doing before, right? So instead yeah. of focusing on the actual weight, which is a lag, they should be focusing on the daily activity or the habits that will get them to that. And I'll let you take over here, my friend. Yeah, well, I think actually it's good that you brought up that point because when I when I did Beachbody, you know, many years ago, um, the first time I did it, I failed because I gave up after a couple of days and just made an excuse as why the timing wasn't right, which we all know is crap. It's like we hear from clients, oh, you know, the timing isn't right to start investing. It was like, no, the timing was right 20 years ago. Today's the next best time. And so... I can't buy that for timing, but my point is that, you know, with, with Beachbody, I had a goal. Actually, I had a goal of that. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to lose 25 pounds and, and, a, and a certain weight attributed to that. And I didn't reach that goal in the 90 days of that program. Right. So if I was strictly going on measuring my success by, did I lose all the weight that I wanted to, I, I would have been thinking in my mind as a fail, right? But instead it was about how do I feel? It was making sure that I got up and worked out every day and I did my best, even if I couldn't get through all the workouts or do everything perfectly. Or I even have a YouTube video of my, 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 my progress on YouTube. If you look under Andy Cosby P90X or whatever, you can actually see I filmed my journey. And uh, the, the point being there was it was in the doing of that activity every day, working out every day and not missing workouts and eating right that let me get there. And instead of letting the scale deter determine my success, I was letting how I looked, which is why they always talk about taking day one pictures and day 30 pictures and day 60. And there I could see a marked difference. But at that point, I had changed my habits altogether in eating well. It wasn't so easy to eat a chocolate bar when I knew, wow, I had to work out pretty hard to burn that many calories that I would just put back into my body. And it was why rewarding yourself with eating some big double cheeseburger filled with grease as a reward for working out is ridiculous, right? You should be giving yourself a reward of something that is in line with those habits. But 
the, the whole point was the initial goal of wanting to lose 25 pounds put me on the path to just creating healthy habits, which also meant it was going to be sustainable. And I could go beyond what my goal was because of that. So I think that's kind of where you were getting, but, uh, but, but yeah, now I don't have to think about it. Working out is just a thing I do. So how would you, you know, uh, being an advisor and, and for those who don't know, I'm a certified financial planner myself. So I can, I have tons of stories as well, but I want to hear from you, Andy. So the same, I guess, process that you just mentioned for losing weight, how can the advisors on this call right now kind of equate that to their financial planning practices, prospecting or client servicing or, or whatever it is, what would you recommend? Well, certainly having having a, a process at which, let's say that you ask for referrals and introductions from your clients. Sorry, I, I corrected myself because I know Aramos, you, you prefer introductions. Having a process that you always follow, right? Like for me, I ask for introductions every single time I talk to a client, every time. And I, I, it's not like a broken record. I just, hey, it's reminding you, you know, if you know anybody that needs help, I'd love to help them. You know, all you have to do is, you know, get them to fill out this plan using my link, right? I'd really appreciate that. And I thank them in advance because it almost pre-obligates them to do it. A uh, little, little bit of a ninja move there. Um, but like having that block of here's when I'm going to call people, right? Um, and, and just doing it, whether I want to or not, I just do it. And in fact, I actually added up, this is for, for those of you who are part of plans. Well, I actually added up the time that it takes to follow that lead cadence or those touch points and do this for yourself. You know, especially if you're an advisor who calls somebody once, doesn't get them on the phone and then gives up on it. So I think in the cadence, there's a call, a text, and then another call, and then maybe a, a voicemail, and then another call, and maybe at that point, if there's been some interaction or not, an email. I added this all up. And if you did the five touch points, it adds up to 20 minutes. And that was me buffering in like extra time for, for typing up text and, and whatever. I use templates. 20 minutes to nurture a lead properly. And that's even short. I think you'd agree, Aramos, even five touches is well below what the sales stats tell you that most sales happen in eight to 12 touch points, right? 80%. You got to remember this, right? This is those people that are in that top 5% in any industry in sales aren't in that top 5% because they're amazing salespeople. It's because they hang in there, they follow up, they do things that are different. They provide a wow factor. And, you know, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, some of my best clients were people that really were one touch point away from getting kind of a breakup email from me. Yeah. Right. But they were glad that I hung in there. And that's what made me different than the other person that was trying to get their business. I actually showed that I cared. And how did I show I cared? By using my time to get through to them. That sends a message of, you know, we, we all get up in this idea that reaching out multiple times is annoying to a person. It's not, right? Like I, I see emails from companies that I've seen 50 emails, 
But every once in a while, one of those will resonate with me and I'll, I'll actually respond to it. But if they stop sending me those emails or reaching out or calling or whatever, they'd be out of mind. And the next person who got captured my attention would get the business, right? Um, so it was really that I learned that kind of after a couple months of really struggling and not wanting to get on the phone and not really following up with people properly. The second I started doing that, everything changed. And, uh, you know, that's why, you know, I, I often say, and I'm sure advisors hate hearing it, but the leads are only as good as the people calling them. And that doesn't mean you as a salesperson, it means your work ethic, your process is what gets you to the finish line and what gets you that progress. And can we work with every single person? Is everybody going to be amazing? No, but it doesn't take that to be wildly successful. Right? It's getting those, those gems in there and those people that can introduce you to other people and, and so on and so forth. Agreed. Excellent points there, Andy. And uh, I would recommend everyone get a pen and paper. I'm just going to go over some ways that you can wow your clients and prospects. Um, and uh, so basically, we'll, I'll just get into it. It's, it's a 10 plus one that I called it. And Andy, if you want to chime in, feel free to just uh, burst right in there with your knowledge. But, you know, a couple of things, you know, donating an asset that has appreciated instead of cash, uh, doing something like that will save your client money and taxes. Um, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, you're welcome to send myself or Andy an email uh, regarding that. The rest of them have nothing to do with finance, but, you know, make donations in their honor. Typically, this wouldn't really actually cost you anything, but if you know your clients or if you know your clients the proper way, there's a good chance that you know if they're passionate about some sort of uh, charity or they're actively involved in a charity. And if you're already making donations anyways, and they're just random donations, like why not reach out to your clients, find out what's really, really important to them and make that same donation that you would have made to United Way anyways and, and do it, uh, make that donation in their honor towards uh, what they're passionate about. And that, that goes so far when it comes to building relationships with your clients. Um, so a simple one as, well, one as well is to uh, simplify clients' financial life. There's all kinds of free budgeting software out there, uh, including apps that can help your client save money. And here's the win-win, right? Not only are your clients gonna be um, more aware of where they're spending money, but if they start saving money, well, in a way you're gonna benefit too, because this just means that they're gonna have more money to invest and save with you, right? Always under promise and over deliver. Uh, one of the things that I used um, and I got really good at it and, it and it paid so many dividends. A client would call, they'd have a question and I would always say, okay, I have to look into this. If I had to look into it, obviously if I know the answer, I would give them the answer. But if it's something that I didn't know off the top of my head, I would say, okay, no problem. I'm gonna reach out to head office or whoever it is, my accountant. And it's gonna take me a couple of days. So give me two days and I'll get back to you with an answer to your question. And of course, in my mind, I'm already thinking, well, if I get a hold of my accountant right away, I can probably get this answer right away, but certainly by tomorrow I'm gonna to get it. But I promised them two days and then I came back the same day or the very next day and guess what? Now I'm a, now I'm a hero because I was under promising and over delivering. Great point for, for everyone to use. Um, keep in mind, money has no emotion, but the clients that, own that money certainly do. So I would recommend, you know, educating your clients. 
instead of sending them wines and chocolates, send them books, magazine subscriptions, um, you know, educate your clients because educated clients are the best clients. They're not going to fight you on stuff if they already know how things work and why things work. So when you present a new strategy for them, if they're aware of that strategy and they know it works or how it works, they're more likely to go ahead and, and uh, go along with that strategy. Create yeah, a workshop for the clients. Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. <clears throat> oh, no, no. Sorry. I thought you were finished there. I didn't want to jump in you. We're still figuring this out, right? The, the dog yeah, yeah. and pony show here. Well, I got a few more here. I got a few more here. Then I'd love to hear some of your feedback. So creating a workshop for your clients on Zoom, right? Does it need to be complicated? A lot of times it could be just basic financial planning stuff. Pay yourself first. Uh, you know, pay less taxes, you know, invest in certain types of investments. Very, very simple stuff will still go a long way, but this way you're still educating your clients. You know, planning is always better than products. A lot of times we, as advisors, we get ourselves in trouble because we're recommending products or we talk about the markets, things that are completely out of our control. So when things don't go the way we plan, then all of a sudden we look bad. But if you're focusing more on the planning than the products, then nothing will ever go bad because if you're, if you're showing a client on how to save taxes, that's irrelevant to anything else out there. They're going to save uh, that money in taxes, right? Here's an easy one. Helping a client set up bank accounts for their kids. How awesome is that? Very simple strategy, but now, you know, everyone loves their kids. Well, 99% of people love their kids. Um, you know, helping clients with their kids will certainly go a long way as well. And, and of course, all this stuff costs nothing. You know, uh, if you go on social media and you find your clients, you know, like, share, and comment on their social media. Be careful. You don't want to be a stalker, right? Uh, so there's a fine line there. Uh, one of the best strategies that I ever heard, which I used and it works brilliantly, is a strategy called 10 before 10. So this advisor had hundreds of clients. And I would always ask this person, you know, how do you keep track of all this stuff? Like, how do you provide such great service? Because his redemption rate was among the lowest in the entire company, even though he had hundreds and hundreds of clients. And he told me the strategy is 10 by 10 or 10 before 10. So what he does religiously is he will call 10 clients before 10 a.m. every single day, right? And here's the best part. Most of the clients don't pick up because they could be at work or they're busy. So he says on average, he might have one or two quick conversations, but for eight or nine of those calls, it goes straight into voicemail. Very simple. I'm here for you. If you need anything, reach out. Questions, comments, uh, whatever it is about your statement. The mere fact that he's just reaching out to them and making himself available is all you need to do. So it took him about three months or one quarter to go through his entire client base, even though it's hundreds of people. And then he would just rotate it again. So over the course of a year, on top of his normal servicing that he would do, every single one of his clients, without exception, would receive four phone calls from him on top of everything else. So when we used to get results back from surveys for our consultants, he was always at the very top. His service was like through the roof by simply doing this. It takes like 10 minutes, guys, to do that 10 before 10. Um, expressing your gratitude, but in unexpected ways. So it's very easy to express your gratitude when a client gives you a referral introduction, sorry, um, or they write you a check. But how about you just randomly send them a handwritten letter or even an email still works too or, or through social media, just thanking them. You know what, Andy, I just wanna tell you, I just appreciate you being a client. You started five, six years ago. 
here's where we started, here's where we are today. I just want you to know that you are one of my favorite clients. No other reason for me to reach out other than just to say thank you. That is just absolutely huge, right? So Andy, any comments regarding those, those 10 things? Um, yeah, no, I think, I think the, you, you hear the buzzword a lot, but the, the differentiator right now is creating that wow factor, right? Whatever it is that's going to create that wow factor. And I know for me personally, if somebody that I did business with reached out to me with no ulterior motive, like to sell me something or there was no real excuse other than they just wanted to reach out, that's going to set something really in me, like give me a feeling of, wow, that, you know, Aramos called me for no other reason than to just see how I was doing. Was there anything that I could help him with? But no, no ulterior motive, right? And um, I think that really is, is the wow factor. And I know it's hard because we only have so much time in the day, but those little efforts pay dividends tenfold, right? Um, the only thing I wanted to say was we are I we weren't ignoring the questions there. We're we're kind of we'll we'll, we'll get to that part uh, shortly. I'm just gonna, Ermos. I think you're probably close to wrapping up, right? And whatever final thing you want to say on there, more things, and then a few more things, yep. and then maybe the Q and A Q and A at the end. Um, so I just want to reiterate as well, and we will do a Q and A at the end. But I just want to reiterate that the whole purpose of this um, talk show, we'll call it. You know, like Andy and I, we really want you to become a person of significance moving forward, right? We, we want you to absolutely crush it moving forward and have your best year ever. And that's what we're here for. So I'm reaching out to everyone that's on this call and saying, please, please, please reach out to us, whether it's through here or whether you email us directly, give us some ideas of things that you want us to address. And we're happy to do so, right? This is all about you. It's not about Andy. It's not about me. It's not about plans. Well, this is about how we're going to make your practice better and you absolutely successful. Right. And again, in, in honor of, of Martin uh, Luther King Jr. Day, you know, one of my favorite quotes from him is, you know, faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. Oftentimes, you know, as I mentioned before, we set these huge goals for the year and then we don't know how to get there. And it becomes intimidating, right? So we, so we basically do nothing because we're not quite sure what to do. Working backwards, breaking it down to very simple, very, very simple steps. Exactly what Martin Luther King said. Take that first step. It could be a very tiny step, but that first step is the most important step. And it will reach you. It'll, it'll get you to your goal in the, in the long run. So Andy, did awesome. you want to do some Q&A? Yeah, so there's a couple questions in there. I mean, if we if we can keep the questions sort of focused on the habits and whatever, but we'll certainly um, address those. Um, Gord uh, Gord asked, do we have stats on the best times of day that works for prospecting? There's probably a lot of heated debate on this. I I know the one the one um, rule I choose is if I call somebody today at 10 a.m. When I call them a couple of days later, I don't call them at 10 a.m. because chances are that's not a good time. So maybe I'll call them at two. And then if I don't get them, the next time I'll call them in the evening, right? Um, so, you know, and I think it's probably the same as in Canada as in the US that different states have different personality types of the people. I mean, somebody was talking to me and I've heard this a couple of times, there's, there's Tennessee nice, which means 
people are all sweet in the phone, but really behind the scenes, they're just, you know, they're, they're just faking it. Right. Um, you know, I had the same thing when I talk about advisors who are in the East coast, I'm like, your job's not as hard because everybody in the East coast is so nice and loves that conversation. Right. Whereas people in Toronto are pretty much, you know, what do you want? You know, you, you got 10 seconds to win my interest. Right. So it's very regionally specific, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I know there's stats all over the internet on the best time to email somebody and whatever. I find that in the mornings, people are more alert and aren't as bagged out at the end of the day. Um, so the mornings are probably better time, right? And they're not behind the eight ball at that point. That being said, Friday afternoons, I think are a good time because people are at their desks or wherever they are and just figuring how do I seem productive in the last couple hours before I get to knock off for the weekend. So Friday, that's called Trap Friday. So a lot of times there are those those clients that are just looking for looking for a diversion. So it's a yeah. good time to reach out. So that's my uh, two cents uh, on that one, Gordon. Yeah, I actually heard an interesting one the other day, Andy. Uh, someone said that, they, and they swear by this, if you send a, a video call to a client, it gets open like pretty much 100% of the time. So instead like a, of maybe like calling- no, you just so record you yourself. Like, I mean, you record like a, like a 10, 15 second video of yourself on your phone. And then you, and you send them that video message to them, uh, to their phone. And it gets open. He said hundred percent of the time, not 99% of the time, hundred percent of the time it gets open. So if you have a quick message, you want to relate to your prospect, um, or it's just one of those scenarios to say, yeah, you know what? I found four ways to help you save taxes. You know, here's one. If you want to hear the, the other three, call me back. And he said it works. Yeah, that's, every a, that's a good. I love that, but I guess you want to make sure that you're not calling a landline, right? You're sending a video. That's what you mean, right? Are you frozen, Airmos? Or are you just? Yeah, oh, it's 2022. You froze, you froze, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. Can you not hear me? No, you froze for a second. I just I wasn't sure if you're now? being very still or no, no, you're good. No. Um, no. So for Tony's asking, how do you make a video message? I go for it, Ermos. Even I yeah, can answer that you one. Just, but, uh, you, go into, you just go into your uh, phone where it says camera and you have the option of a photo or a video. And you just record the video. Uh, try to keep it short and sweet. And you just take that you, or you go into the text message of your clients and you just send them that video. It's, it's that simple. But just make sure there's a little bit of a, hook on there as to why they should return your call right yeah yeah absolutely and that's one of the great things that the you know the phone lady talks about which which she has a webinar coming up uh, this right? week as very well. simple very easy you don't have to wear a suit yeah yeah uh, yeah i was just saying i don't know if i cut off or you cut off but uh, the phone lady webinars this week and you know she her tag is i have a quick question for you right kind of throwing it out there of yeah, I'm just reaching out to you, Aramos. I have a super quick question for you. Um, I'm available until five o'clock today. I'd really like to see you. I love the video idea. I haven't tried that. Um, oh, the one pro tip I will give you that I've heard from a couple of advisors is when you call and you don't get somebody, call them an hour later. Because when they see that number coming up a second time, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that person called me an hour ago. This, this might be important because 
telemarketers aren't calling back an hour later, right? Yep. Um, and and you know the advi the advisor that told me that said it works like a charm, right? And uh, you know, and I was like, I totally get that. Uh, I'm definitely going to employ that. Um, more questions in there. Um, sorry, Ben, I don't know which Carson are you talking about? Carson co coaching recommendation. Uh, oh, anyway, he co Ben says uh, at the end of each day before signing off, writing out your to-do list for the next day while it's fresh in your mind, so you don't have to rack your brain the next morning. Um, they suggest writing out the top most important things you have to do the next day. I think that's great. That's great. Uh, absolutely, I gotta, I gotta do that. Yeah. Um, Vince is asking, um, do either of us have stats read the number of calls to obtain Y prospects that lead to Z clients? Not a hundred percent sure what that is. He's, he's looking for ratios, right? But everyone's ratio is going to be completely different, so it's hard to give a number to that. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's other, those other variables too of when are you calling, the frequency of you calling and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Michael's asking, what do you do to not sound repetitive when following up with prospects you can't reach? Um, you want to go with that one, Ermos? You want me to take that one? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of reasons why you should be contacting your clients. Sometimes it's to provide value. Sometimes it's to try to get a hold of them. Uh, I would also recommend trying different ways to reach out to them. So, you know, if you're, if you're calling today, maybe don't call tomorrow, send an email. And then the next day you send a text. So do different things because you don't know how each person um, prefers to receive messages. So try a little bit of everything and try to change it up. It shouldn't always be about, hey, let's book a time. Sometimes it, it could be something as simple as, hey, inflation 7%. We really should... We, you know, the latest CPI numbers are out at 7%. We really need to talk. Like something like that sometimes will be what people um, need to hear before they actually answer that phone or reach back out to you. Yeah. And of course, you can reference the last thing you did, right? You know, hey, Hermos, um, did you get my, did you see my email from yesterday? Can you take a look at it and get back to me? Right. Or, you know, I don't know if it's, will it be easier for you to just text me a time that you'd like to talk or would you prefer that I send you my calendar link? Yeah. Right. So variety, I think is the key, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, I think sometimes we give people more credit than they, than they need to, or that, than we should. And what I mean by that is they don't necessarily remember what you said on that previous voicemail, right? And I, I tend to thank people for getting back to me before they've gotten back to me. Once again, creating that sense of obligation. Hey, Hermos, thanks, uh, thanks for replying to me in some way. Or thanks in advance for taking a couple minutes to call me back. Right? Yeah. Or kind of saying, you know, once again, I harken back to the phone lady because I think her stuff is brilliant. Kind of saying, well, Hermos... I'm available for this important thing till 5 p.m. today. I'll be in my office at this number. But if I don't hear from you, I'm going to call you tomorrow anyway, right? Like you don't add the anyway part, but you're basically, I'm telling you, Aramos, look, you have a choice of calling me back when it's convenient for you today, or I'm just going to reach out to you tomorrow anyway and maybe plant that seed of 
I'm going to keep reaching out to you until I get you on the phone. So just call me. Right. I'm not saying all that stuff, but inferring that, Hey, this is important. I really would like to, I have a quick question for you. This is important. Or even say this is important yeah. to you. Right. Well, I think that's the end of the questions, Andy. So I want to thank everybody. Just a little bit of housekeeping in the end. Uh, we are growing by leaps and bounds here at Planswell. So there are a few states that are closed. Uh, Delaware, Alaska, the District of Columbia, Oklahoma, Mississippi, Maine, Idaho, and Montana are now closed. Um, if you're currently not a uh, Planswell partner, might be a good time to reach out to an AE just to see if your state or province are open. Um, I know that we are growing, as I mentioned, by leaps and bounds. And I'm probably going to end it off with just basically saying, you know, you don't need to be great to start, but you do need to start to be great. So hopefully you can take some of the uh, ideas and strategies that we've talked about today and you can implement them into your own financial planning practices and really make 2022 your best year ever. And Andy and I are here to help you do that as well. So Andy, any last words? Uh, yeah, just a reminder, please. Um, I don't know if we work this out anymore, but we'd love to have suggestions for future topics. Um, I think, I don't know, Ermos, do you want people to email you or me at this time until we have an Andy and Ermos email address? Um, I think probably, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Probably you. Okay. So just Andy at planswell.com. Uh, you can email and just put in you know, topics, talk, talk, talk us to talk about on uh, Andy and Amos. Um, you know, obviously I think uh, if you're not partnered with Planswell and you want to find out more about Planswell, you know, you can book a time um, where we can walk you through things. I think right now this is just for partnered advisors, but uh, if you don't, do you know any advisors that, uh, they really want to find out more about this they can go on to uh, they can go on to the website and uh, and book a call or if somebody's reached out to you uh, from plans before get back to them i think we'll have a special link in future uh shows where we can you can send that to somebody or somebody that's on here who's not partnered can book a call um i'm probably totally poop in the bed on what I should be saying as far as how to get in touch with us. But uh, that's okay. You know, I'm, it's our first I'm Andy, Andy first and plans well as well, but I think everybody here is, is mostly partnered already. So, yeah. All right. So with that, I want to thank everyone for coming out today. I also want to thank Andy and for Eric uh, Arnold to introduce, introduce us this afternoon. And we are really excited and we are really looking forward to creating more content to help you guys in any way we can. With that, have a wonderful day.